Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast show. This is The Paddle Movement, hosted by paddle expert Ben Nichols, who's also the founder of Paddle 22, and professional US paddle player Britt Dubins. A show where Ben and Britt talk to the movers, the shakers, and the pioneers forging a path for the world's fastest-growing sport. From the UK to the US, Sweden to South Africa, and New Zealand to the Netherlands, this maverick racket sport is on its way, with new courts, clubs, brands, players, leagues, and investors arising by the day. And in this show, we want to tell you the stories of this fascinating sport, a sport that's positively addictive, perhaps like no other. Easy to pick up, hard to master, that's paddle. So, welcome to the movement and enjoy the show. Over to Ben to get things going. And in this first episode, um, in our first twist, I'm uh, pleased to say that my co-host Britt is uh, alongside me for uh, this two-way conversation between us uh, for this first episode. Um, and she's our first guest, I suppose, on the Paddle Movement. So Britt, really warm welcome. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be an amazing podcast and I can't wait um, for all of our episodes, our guests and all of our conversation. So, yeah. So let's uh, let's get started and a um, little introduction, I suppose. I'm happy to give a, a few words about myself. But first of all, yourself, tell, tell listeners um, about who you are, obviously where you come from, how you got into paddle and um, yeah, the kind of the 360. Sure. Um, so originally from Miami, Florida, played college tennis at the University of Miami and then later went to law school. And somehow along the way, I did a study abroad in Madrid where I was introduced to paddle. Um, coming from tennis, it was sort of a easier transition although learning the walls has been a challenge. Um, and eventually I started to play a little bit better, a little better in the Federation of Madrid, um, where there's a very high level of competition. And more recently this year, I have officially turned pro, so played the Pro Paddle League, um, playing for the Miami Paddle Club, and now have started to play some, some FIPS and some tournaments, so officially a pro paddle player. And Really excited about the podcast to to talk all things paddle. So let's. Um, there's lots to dive into there. I can see already. I think what would be useful. I mean, those those that know me know I've worked in sports PR for about 20 years. Um, I've worked, um, been lucky really to work all over the world in different countries. I've worked in the Middle East um, as press officer of the Dubai Tennis Championships for a couple of years, many many years ago. I worked in Formula One for a while, um, and uh, and then had a completely different sort of change of tack, I suppose, and worked in anti-doping for the World Anti-Doping Agency um, as head of media during during the Russian doping scandal, which was a completely different adventure. Um, but so I've done many different things, but racket sports are at my heart and tennis and squash are what I grew up um, playing. And I suppose, yeah, my link to paddle was getting involved with Paddle 22 and setting up the company about a year ago um, to, to really start telling the stories of this amazing new sport. And, uh, and that's how I've really met people like, like yourself, Britt, um, but let's, I suppose, tell listeners a little bit about how we, a, a Brit and Brit, came to be to to start up this podcast because uh, we're not from traditional paddle playing countries. But um, obviously, this is a fairly recent phenomenon. So yeah, tell me kind of obviously about how how this all came about so everyone understands the context. Yeah, I think you and I both share that love for paddle. 
So I think through um, sort of social media is kind of what brought us together, you know, being active on LinkedIn and just sharing a lot of uh, the latest information that's going on. So I think you reached out to me um, through LinkedIn and sort of mentioned your idea about about the podcast. And of course, I jumped I jumped on it because I think um, it's going to be the biggest thing in the coming years. So. So yeah, I'm very excited. I, I want I want you to tell the listeners how you came up with the name, the Paddle Movement. Well, I don't <laughs> want to claim complete ownership of it or responsibility, but um, no, it was an idea. I think I, it's kind of a word I've. It's a it's a bit of a catch catchphrase, right? It's a word that's used a lot for emerging, um, yeah, movements, emerging, emerging trends and topics. And I think paddle is definitely one of those things. It's a sport that is. Um, it's not that it's come out of nowhere, right? It's been around for a long time in Spain and South America, but it's going at two speeds. So you've got in the kind of Latin world where it's been around, it's an established sport doing really well. And then you've got the kind of, I suppose, the English speaking world by and large, where it's now arriving, perhaps due to COVID and and um, and it being one of those sports, people could play socially distance. It's suddenly found this popularity. Um, and so, yeah, in many senses, I see it as a movement. There's a lot of people sort of jumping on the bandwagon of wanting to work in this sport, whether it be setting up clubs, whether it be starting to play later in their careers as maybe tennis players and suddenly they find they could get to a decent level as a even a pro paddle player, um, having that racket sports ability, uh, whether it be yeah, investors. There's so many people getting involved in the sport because they see an opportunity, they like playing it. And they, I suppose a lot of people see the excitement of you know being in a sport that feels the first new one they've had in their entire life because they've grown up with all the traditional sports. So yeah, the paddle movement is very much trying to resemble uh, something that is that is on the way that's um, on its early journey but actually picking up popularity by the day with new people and new fans getting involved um, as we go and I think from my side and you know t- tell me what you think as well Britt but it is very much about these um, I guess you know talking to these people that are shaping the sport from these different angles the business people the players the coaches the the sponsors people coming at it from different tacks but with a shared love um, for paddle, so I think that the paddle movement sort of encapsulated that that idea of um, something that has energy. I yeah, suppose I couldn't agree more, and I really think that this podcast is going to be um, such a community for paddle lovers from all aspects. People are just starting out to play. People who own a a club, players, professionals. So I just really want to be a part of its growth, and um, I think it'll be really exciting for our listeners. So. From your side, what inspired you to kind of want to be part of it? Obviously, I got in touch and uh, we're fortunate that we had people, with, you know, Tim and Harry's background, having been kind of expert podcasters and having their own podcast group um, with big ambitions to to move into different sports. So having that opportunity was fantastic, you know, from my side. But what um, what galvanized you to sort of want to get behind the mic and help, you know, share the share the love of the sport? Yeah. I mean, first, I think you and I have like a really nice uh, perspective. Each of us come from a different sort of area in the paddle world, um, which I think will make our podcast a little different. And I just think that in 2024, paddle is going to boom, especially in, in the U.S. And there are so many other different markets where you're seeing clubs come up. And I just want to be a part of the conversation. Um even if I may know may know some things in, in the paddle world, I feel like I'm always learning new things and there's no better place than a podcast to to be a part of that conversation. So that sort of really got me excited. 
let's for those that are less familiar with paddle maybe we've heard about paddle but actually you know almost kind of annoyingly they keep hearing about it whether it's reading or hearing or or even seeing it um seeing it on youtube and on on tv increasingly what's the how do you explain this sport where do we begin what is what is paddle <laughs> what is paddle um I would say it's a mix between tennis and squash. It's played on a smaller court um, with walls and it's a racket sport. And there's also a doubles component, which, you know, makes it different than tennis, um, which has, you know, singles and doubles. Um, There's also the component where you serve underhand and there's a lot of like strategic endurance, really fun teamwork aspect of paddle that is completely addicting for people who are just starting out to more um, professionals. So yeah, paddle is is so fun. You can pronounce it padel if you're from the US, <laughs> but um, I like to say paddle. So. Yeah, I, do you know what? I actually, until recently, I wasn't sure why that was the case. I've, I've since learned, there's, so there's a sport called paddle, paddle tennis, right? which is in the US, which yeah. is, you know, padel, calling it padel as a way of distinguishing it from from that um, that other racket sport. Is that kind of, you know, what, what's going to get traction? Because I still hear some people call it paddle in the States. What do you think is going <laughs> to fly? I don't know. And honestly, I don't really care as long as people are going to play. <laughs> so I, I, I just call it paddle. I think also because I'm living in Madrid and the Spanish tend to say padel. So it's it's hard for me to kind of uh, say padel, but I'll say it if if that's what people want me to. <laughs> and what's um, talk a little bit more about the yeah the rules? Like you know, if people see it on the surface, it feels like a, a cross between you know it's almost like a mini tennis court. But then there's this strange aspect of kind of this cage. There's a bit of glass. There's there, I mean, there's all sorts going on. It's quite a quirky looking sport, right? Talk talk about yeah talk about the a little bit about the rules, how you play it. Um, and, and also maybe give us a bit of a dive into, into the equipment that's needed as well. Sure. So paddle is sort of the same scoring as tennis. Um, one difference would be that there's a golden point. So when you get to deuce, there's like a really big pressure point, um, where there's no ad scoring. And, um, as far as where you could play courts are indoor and outdoor. Um, so those have also their, their benefits, um, with indoor the environments are ideal in outdoor. You have like the wind component, the sun component. So that's something to take into account. And um, yeah, as far as where you can play, you've, you have clubs in the, in Europe um, and also now growing more in the U S and in several States. So that's a little bit of a overview. What, um, what are some of the, um, I guess, you know, recommendations for people that want to, maybe have a go on court, but have a bit of trepidation or just think, actually, I can pick up tennis easily or, you know, what would you, what would you say to get those people on court um, that might not, might not have the confidence to do so, but are intrigued by it? I mean, honestly, I would say paddle is uh, a sport that you can also play for life. I think it's in that category of tennis and golf where you can play from five years old to 95 years old. I would say like the injury component is relatively low if you warm up well before, and it's just really fun. If you like to hang out with your friends after and have a beer, that's like really popular for, for Spanish people. Um, and I think also even for like 
businesses, you want to build teamwork with, within their companies. It's also um, a great way to meet, meet new people and, and other departments. And it's a really fun sport. So you don't have to be amazing at it. Maybe a little hand-eye coordination, but it's easy to pick up. And I think anyone can do it. Yeah, it's actually interesting point the kind of social side right and also the corporate a lot of people compare this to a golf in terms of it being that kind of social glue that business people get on and have around a golf or used to have around a golf and now they're sort of doing it with paddle is that is that something you see in spain as well or is that maybe just uh what we're seeing in in the uk and us and new countries yeah definitely in spain um i think it's like one of the most popular sports i don't know how it compares to football but I think it might be even beating football just in terms of like injury and um, courts are like always booked here. Um, and also, I think in terms of being able to like rent a court, it's very affordable. So you can play for an hour and a half with your friends and pay six euros. And so that's a great way to spend the afternoon. <laughs> Looking at the kind of competitive side of the sport as well. Give us a little um, summary, I suppose, of the the landscape because it's quite com- you know it's quite confusing. There's or it might be simplifying now as we talk about this, but there's there's been the international level, right? There's been the World Paddle Tour, which has been around quite a while now, um, and that has um, that has Australia Dam Beer Company behind it. But there's actually been a, a merger announced recently with this newer newer tour, which has kind of come come out of Qatar, which is um, Premier Paddle. Um, I understand it's going to be called Premier Paddle as of next year. So there's been a bit of a merger. People have kind of tried to pull similarities with what's happening in golf a little bit with the PGA and Live Golf. I'm not sure they're exact similarities, but um, but but there's, you know, I guess things happening in sport where there's kind of rival tours and they are merging. We're seeing that quite a bit with different different sports. What um, And then there's A1 Paddle, I should say, which actually is seem to, seems to be increasing in the US, funnily enough. So just when you think you've got it figured out, there's this kind of third runner, um, which I'm sure has big ambitions. They've got backing from the New York Yankees. They've got big investors behind them. So um, I've kind of painted a bit of the landscape there, but what do you kind of, how have you, how have you managed that as a player? Is that, is that you know, background noise and you just, you, you want to play in the most convenient tournaments or the best points? Uh, what's, your, what's your sort of grasp of the international circuit? Yeah, right now, since I'm sort of just starting out with the, with the pro t- tour, it's been recommended to me to play the FIP tournaments because World Paddle Tour will no longer exist next year. And so in terms of points and going towards your ranking, it's better to start playing with those FIPs. I mean, I think one of the things that um, is going to help Paddle grow is the fact that it's unifying the tours because it can get confusing. It's like people who are just starting out, they're like, wait, what's the World Paddle Tour? What's the Premier? What's the A1? There's so much going on. So I think the unifying aspect is going to help paddle grow on an international level. Just like in tennis, you have the WTA, ATP. We know that that's there's four grand slams. It's pretty straightforward. So we mimicking that in the paddle world is going to help 100% um, with its growth. Um, and what what are some of those big markets where you think the sport is going to grow? So, you know, we both sit here as a Britain and American, right? And we both think this sport is going to be huge in both countries. There's a lot of clubs being built. I think the US particularly this year, it feels like it's been a bit of a make, uh, a kind of breakthrough moment, I should say. Um, how, well, first of all, how confident are you of its growth in the US? And then we'll come to other markets. But what do you see happening back at home? Yeah, I, I think it's growing. Um, with the PPL behind the 
the launch, I would say. I think it's it's growing. We're seeing courts pop up. Well, we have a lot in Miami, um, in California, Texas, some in New York. And I think little by little, you know, each team of the PPL will probably have their own club. So you can imagine in Arkansas, um, in Toronto. And I think it's just going to continue because once people start playing, people love it. And they're going to be like, we need a court in our local city. So yeah, definitely see it growing. So this ju- just just on the PPL, actually. So just for, for listeners not familiar. So that's the Pro Paddle League, which is, you know, we all know the kind of the American sports model, the professional sports leagues franchise model, uh, which is kind of deeply entrenched in American culture, I suppose. So the PPL on paper has a great, great thing going. Season one, obviously, we had these teams. We had Miami. We had, like I say, Arkansas, San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in some of these cities, there will have been clubs. Miami, for sure, there's courts. Some of the cities, they probably were building clubs at the time. So what's the plan, do you think, longer term? I mean, I guess in these cities, they want to, these, these teams want to build up fan bases. To build up a fan base, they need the reality of a physical paddle infrastructure rather than like a satellite name associated with the city. Like, so talk a bit about how, how that's all going to happen. It's sort of like you, you kind of, building the plane and flying it at the same time right season one of the ppl was very like express it was five weeks we were kind of like meeting our own team you know it's hard to create a fan base when you're just like saying hello to your your doubles partner for the first time and i think 2024 is going to be over a longer period of time it's still going to be relatively condensed like a, a week or so in april a week or so in In May, there'll be like a pause and then pick up again in September and October. So I think it'll be able to generate um, those fan bases and in between maybe create some sort of community event um, where people can come out, meet us, play paddle. And I think that'll that'll help uh, the 2024 PPL in terms of its growth and people understanding paddle, learning about it. I think they're trying to um, make the model similar to pickleball, which has taken off really big in the United States. So, in terms of the rest of paddle in America outside the PPL, what do you see happening? I know Miami and Florida is almost the kind of the hotbed for paddle, um, or has been, but there are clubs cropping up on both coasts, right? And there will be in the in the states all the way in between. So, um, where do you see some of the the hubs of paddle appearing i suppose in in the states or in in the world yeah well in the u.s first of all yeah yeah i mean in the states so definitely like like you said miami's big because the latin community um and also in orlando there will also be some more clubs new york is definitely up there already with a couple of clubs there but i think we we can see them in anywhere in any city because the great thing about paddle it's not restricted to just amazing climate where it never snows or anything you could build a paddle court in wisconsin and have it indoor and you can play all year round so that's the great thing you're not limited to to any sort of area it's just more about people learning about the sport saying like oh i know what paddle is i'd like to try that i think that's where um right now people just don't even know about it and also i think why is that because if you have a kid are you going to sign them up for paddle when really um, it's something maybe they're not even going to be able to play in college? It's not a college sport yet. So if you're that, that's also one of the components that we would like to see it in universities at some point, so that you can sign your kid up for paddle instead of tennis or instead of soccer, and and really get it to grow from from when they're little. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's got to be a big thing. You know, the, the US college system is renowned for its sport, right? People come from all over the world to do scholarships, etc. Um, but that infrastructure needs to build alongside it. Um, I saw something recently actually about uh, a paddle and pickleball center opening in Northern California. And I thought, well, look, that it's almost like the trains left the station. These are now going to start getting built because if you've got all these paddle courts and you've got the kind of private sector running paddle, you still need public development. You need kids and acad- academies and eventually schools and universities all playing this for it to be, you know, hopefully in tandem with it becoming an Olympic sport. Um, so all of that is going to take time, but I guess that's that's the next stage as well. Definitely. I, I think we're on the right track towards uh, hopefully it being an Olympic sport. Um, and, and that comes with, like you said, starting starting to build clubs, starting to get kids involved at a young age, and little by little we'll get there. So on that, and you've got behind you, you've got a Team USA uh, top there. So, so it's not an Olympic sport yet, and we're here, you know, uh, where are we now? October 2023. Uh, but there are, you know, there are murmurings that maybe by Brisbane in 2032 feels like a long way, but in Olympic terms, that's around the corner. Um, it could become an Olympic sport if the sport plays its cards right, if it builds up enough in different countries. Uh, what are your views on the likelihood of that happening and, um, and what needs to happen? Yeah, what needs to happen is we need to see paddle in, in more federations, so more countries. Um, and I think it is go- is going to happen. It's it's it meets the qualifications. It's not like a hobby. Sometimes I feel like pickleball has that reputation, like that's just a hobby. Paddles is a more complete game, and it's so fun. It's so fun to watch also, um, with people running outside the cage to play points. The strategy involved. So definitely going to be an Olympic sport. Stay tuned. Um, and I we were going to move on to it earlier, but. In terms of those countries where the sport is growing outside of the US, I mean, the UK, I can talk about, you know, there are, I mean, I think as we sit here today, there's probably around 350 courts. That's expected maybe to reach 400 by the end of the year. And then 2024 is a big year for that line on the graph shooting upwards. So things are moving. Um, I suppose the big deterrent in the UK for it, it growing as quickly as a country like Sweden, and maybe that's a good thing, or or the UAE or some of the Middle East countries where they build fast is planning permission is very strict. So there's a lot of um, regulations and, and hoops you have to go through before the reality of your paddle club dream happens. Um, where else do you see it growing outside, you know, the UK, the US, um, in some of the newer countries? Well, the FIP tournaments, there's some already set up for South America, um, Venezuela, there's some tournaments. Um, there's also in Mexico, Egypt. So I think we're really touching a lot of different countries and continents. And um, I, I can only hope that the U.S. has a, a stronger um, growth next year, just because I think I think te- I think tennis is so big in the U.S. that paddle will will mimic that. It's just a matter of time. So I really, I, I think uh, Europe is sort of, Spain is already ahead of the game in paddle, but I think, you know, we're seeing it in Germany as well. Um, there's a lot of a lot of European countries that are following those footsteps. Yeah, exactly. And what have you got coming up and um, obviously training Madrid. So what are, what have you got coming up on the schedule for the rest of this year? What's, um, what's the diary look like? Yeah, so I'm, I'm training in um, Manu Martin's Academy here in uh, Madrid and really looking to play FIP tournaments. So in a couple of weeks, there's another tournament in Italy, 
it's a FIP star. And then in November, there will be a couple more FIP rises. Um, there's one in Tenerife. There's one at the end of the month in Mexico. So definitely going to be traveling and playing as many tournaments and gaining that experience as I can. It's, it's really fun playing these tournaments and you're kind of learning as you go, um, meeting people and seeing, you know, it's one thing practicing and it's another thing being being there traveling and, and having that experience. So it's been it's been great so far. And outside of Paddle, tell us a little bit about what life is like outside of Paddle um, and what, yeah, what you enjoy doing when you're, you know, not not training, not traveling on the circuit, not representing Team USA. What's What does life look like? Yeah, life is fun. I mean, I'm, I live in Madrid. My sister lives here. So definitely a lot of family time running after my two-year-old nephew. Um, I'm your typical girl. I like to go shopping. I love the beach, even though Madrid has no beach. Um, but definitely always up to trying a new restaurant. And I think I'm, I'm very relatable. So, so yeah, that's me. Uh, and what, um, is there anything outside of Paddle that, you know, an interesting snippet um, about your life? Yeah, away from Paddle that listeners might, might be interested in hearing. Yeah, I think one fun thing about me is that I am a sports lawyer. So went to law school, um, passed the Florida bar, which I don't wish upon anyone because that test is so hard and um, ended up coming here doing a master's in sports law. So, you know, I think it's great to have an education along with sport. That's uh, something I definitely believe in. So Ben, thanks for all these questions. I want to I come back to you and say, give us a little, what's going on with you with Paddle and um, give us a little information about you. Yeah, well, paddle is all-consuming when you start a business in the sport. Um, so that has kind of taken over life a little bit. But outside of that, uh, obviously, I live here in the UK. Uh, I'm yeah, I've always been a sports fanatic, so a racket sports guy growing up. So played a lot of tennis and squash, um, and now play paddle at a new local club I joined about once a week. Um, so, which is good because I'm getting to actually play the sport that I end up talking about and and writing stories about a lot of the time so uh that's been yeah that's been really enjoyable um having two two kids two young girls is very time consuming um so that uh that i guess takes up a lot of my time away from work um and yeah getting to travel getting to travel with the business so i'm actually off to new york this coming week for the a1 paddle which is gonna be fantastic to see it you know see it at a at a venue in in central park by the I think it's actually going to be on the on the ice skating rink, which is going to be amazing. Um, so seeing it in such a kind of iconic location is is going to be great. So yeah, the work gives me a chance to gives me a chance to travel um, and gives me a chance to meet you know a lot of people coming at this sport for the first time. So yeah, it's uh, that's a lot of fun. And yeah, away from paddle, it is um, it's about trying to keep fit. It's about trying to socialize and see friends. I've just moved house, so it's. Um, yeah, it's been a lot going on, but it's, um, life's, life's busy, life's fun. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, it sounds great. And what do you think is going to make our podcast different than the ones out there? What do you want to leave our listeners with so that they come back for week two? Well, let's hope they come back. I think, uh, we'll, 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 we'll mention later, but we've got a great guest coming up for, um, for the second episode. I, um, look, there's some great paddle podcasts out there. I've really enjoyed listening to them. I've, appeared on a few um i think they're they're great and the more the more that can be out there talking about the sport and coming at them from their own different directions the better i think where definitely where i saw an opportunity really with this is 
to talk about some of the high level um, stuff going on in the sport. So like I said, it's the characters really getting involved and shaping it. So that could be anyone from from players like yourself. That could be investors coming to the sport talking about why, you know, as non-paddle players and non-kind of paddle, maybe non-paddle enthusiasts, they see a business opportunity. Um, it could be about, you know, coaches talking about the, the more technical side of the game and how to get the best out of um, the players they work with. Um, and I think it's really, um, yeah, it's really trying to tell the story of the sport through people from very different perspectives, from different countries um, and from a lot of the new paddle countries as well. So there's a lot of great um, speakers out there in Spain and South America who talk about the sport with huge authority. Um, but I think there's people in these new countries that want to learn from their own yeah, their own compatriots, their people from their own nations, what, what this sport's about, why they've got involved in it at their at the, their time in life, um, and why it's um why it's growing so much, why it's appealing to so many people. So I think it's about, yeah, it is telling the story from multiple perspectives, um, and from people from, you know, very different walks of life. I think that's what makes that that's what makes podcasting interesting, right? It's about just actually um hearing hearing from people who have a very different life to you, but you might, you know, agree with some of it, or you might be curious at some of it, or you might, um, you might just learn some new things. I think that's, that's what this all is about. It's going to be awesome. Britt, I think this has been a great, a great start to, to, to the show. I'm really looking forward to having you on this side of the, the table for the next episode as we speak to our next guest. Um, I guess just a, a word for our listeners. We, you know, we want to make sure this podcast is really interactive. So please do get in touch with us. Um, and if you've got any comments or questions, send us a send us a voice note to our email address, which is I'm told is now set up. It's called the paddle movement at gmail.com. Um, yeah, tell us who you are, uh, what you want to talk to us about, and you might want to ask, answer ask a question as well that we answer during the show. Um, perhaps explaining something about the sport or whatever else takes your fancy, really. So do get in touch. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions for either of us, please please let us know. Next time out, I can tell you, which is a very exciting one, we have our, our first um, guest coming to join us, really. And that is a real prodigy of British Paddle and someone I know well called Tia Norton, who's really taken the, the sport by storm here in the UK. And yeah, Brit, you know Tia as well. So really looking forward to speaking to her. Um, she's been knocking on the door of the world's top 100 as well which for a new paddle country like the UK is fantastic news um, and she's really going places in her career so really looking forward to speaking to Tia next time out and do check out our other shows as well uh, the Motormouth F1 podcast and the OMG MotoGP podcast which are part of the Motormouth media group um, and final thing we've got our socials coming up as well so you can follow us on there and you can interact with us on all things paddle um, and learn more about the industry as well and that's at uh, Paddle Movement which is on Twitter or X as it's now known and Paddle Movement Pod on Instagram and TikTok so that's Paddle Movement on Twitter Paddle Movement Pod on Instagram and TikTok um, but this has been great fun Britt really looking forward to this journey and uh, and this regular podcast um, for now it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Britt as well thanks Ben see you guys next time